let's 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 cast this pod. Let's cast this pod. Okay. Uh, bird strikes. Did you see this picture? This is a crazy picture. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it's it. The, the picture is a picture, but um, it makes one think of a crazy situation. Um, this is from Twitter. Uh, uh, listener J or uh, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter handle J Balloonist um, s- called our attention to this picture. Uh, or actually, I, I don't, now I'm not sure how it came to me. All I know I is that he tweeted. Rob Ward. Yeah. No, see yeah. now you've well okay. I, I'm always reluctant well, to say people's full names. Well, but it's a tweet. Yeah, I know it's on that's Twitter. His, that's his handle on Twitter. I get it. I I know. I know. I know. Anyways, um, he tweeted a couple days ago. He tweeted killed some birds on final this morning, and he included two pictures of his what appears to be 150 um, with 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 you know blood stains um, on the uh, on the nose um, next to the landing light, and and then also on the wing strut. What appears to me to well, it must be the left wing's front. Yeah, unless the bird hit him from behind. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. He. uh, Let's see now. Did he say anything else? Uh, uh, Someone asked him. Yeah. Well, he he actually got a little more detail. Someone asked him whether or not that you know what, what was the deal here, and he in the replies he came back and added, "My instructor thought they were starlings." Probably a flock of twenty, he says. I was on short final, so no way to avoid them. So he flew through a holy crap! He flew through a, a flock of twenty birds, um, and he hit two of them. And uh, that, we, I, you know, that we see, yeah, that we see. Well, yeah. uh, you know, I'm sure he would have included blood, you know, pictures. Yeah. Could have winged a couple more. Who knows? Yeah, and uh, um, uh, and you know, I guess none of them went into the uh, engine. Intake the cowlings well, we'd have, there. We'd have pictures of that. If I did. would imagine we'd have pictures of feathers and I don't know what. Um, but that would be crazy good luck. Although I suppose it's good luck to get through the propeller blades to hit the nose like that. So uh, uh, I, I'm 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 hoping that uh, this gentleman took the time to uh, fill out a bird strike report for the FAA. That's a good point. Yeah, I'm not, what is that? I'm not, I guess I'm not familiar with that. Who is that part of like uh, of uh, the what that safety network thing there? ASRS. The, no, it's not. It's not ASRS, but it's it's just an information collection. Uh, um, yeah, exercise more than anything. Okay, bird, bird strikes are a big deal. I mean, we had the the miracle in the Potomac as a result of a bird strike. And um, there, there's the link. Yeah. Um, to the well to the advisory circular. Uh, as Jeb's saying, they they like to keep track of these things, and they do very involved statistics. And there's an office that uh, to which people can send bird remains, so that they can be uh, identified and classified according to their species. Really, so that they can, oh, yeah. so the government can uh, kind of get a handle on where concentrations of these things may be happening. No kidding. Yeah, there's, there's yeah, there's a whole, and there's a. An office in the Smithsonian, I think it is. <laughs> and there's a big display of all the no, birds no, that have no. ever been. But they do the genetic analysis on uh-huh. the remains uh-huh. sometimes to see what species it was. Um, and it tells us more about migratory habits. It tells us more about their behaviors. It tells us um, things that ultimately will help us, you know, move them away move them out of the way or avoid them entirely okay it's just so long, long-term research so you're saying that i could have boxed up that ground squirrel i hit on takeoff roll a long time ago and sent it to washington dc no, fun to s- save it and send it now but no, that's you, sorry you that's you a whole send other it to the airline for their on for their catering uh, okay all right uh i've never i hit the ground squirrel uh, i've told this story before on my very very first flight ever all right i mean like my first lesson all right um but uh have you guys hit birds what's what's the history there once <laughs> <laughs> once okay jeff that's a whole other different kind of story <laughs> um david you go first it sounds like you hit something uh well uh, had the uh had the experience twice uh the 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 most interesting one for me was uh going into meridian mississippi on my way to sun and fun years ago in air comanche and uh there were these uh Little, uh, well, they, they kind of reminded me of shorebirds. They were running along the runway, uh, and 
took off in front of me, and a big gust of wind hit him, and two of them got turned around, and one of them came all the way through the prop without touching it and bounced off the base of the, of the windshield. And it was really gnarly, really cross, really rough, and it was all elbows and knees getting it on getting it on the ground. And the controller had tried to talk me into a tailwind landing where there was supposedly less turbulence because there wasn't a tree line, the, the runway he wanted me to use. I was kind of set on landing into the wind, you know, that old habit they teach you to land yeah, into the man. wind. You're so picky, David. And... uh so I declined the runway offer and took the runway, and he said, well, the Mooney that landed ahead of you scraped a wingtip in, in trying to get his on the ground, and uh, I, they parked me next to that uh, Mooney, and indeed he was out there with a mechanic looking at it, and they were taking the tip off the wing, and uh, before I left, I found out that he'd actually wrinkled the spar a little bit just inside of where the tip mounts. And so he wasn't going anywhere. Uh, I cleaned the windshield. The controller asked if I wanted to make a report. I said, yes, I do. So we spent a few minutes going over that detail. And the report went in. And I got a nice note later that said, thank you for reporting a bird strike. Cool. Smack. Smack. <laughs> yeah, Jeb, what was your one time? Um, I was on final uh, flying a Piper Arrow. And I don't know, I wouldn't, it wasn't, I don't know, at least middle marker inbound, somewhere basically short final. And I look up, and I'm looking up anyway at the runway, and I see a bird, and it, uh, it's dead in front of me, I don't know, 50 yards, and it makes, basically to me, from my point of view, it makes a clockwise circle and got to about 7 o'clock. And I went past it and heard a thump. And I had the gear down, of course. It did hit uh, one of the landing. It hit the left main landing gear. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, gingerly landed, but there wasn't any issues. I still had a green light, yada, yada. And what are you going to do? You can't stay up forever. So I uh, went ahead and landed and uh, no issues. And, yeah, there was some... Um, there was some blood and a little bit of feather material. <clears throat> it, actually, it wasn't the landing gear. I'm sorry. It was the wing root. Um, okay. That era, I guess maybe the, the 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 Cherokee models in production now still have the the uh, fresh air inlet in the wing roots, or at least in the the left wing root. There's a little screen over this oval shaped hole. Yeah, yeah. In the wing root, and that's where it hit right on that screen. Uh huh. Huh. Okay. David, did you? I'm sorry. Did, no, go ahead. Did you ever interact with birds when you were hang gliding and ultralight flying? Yeah, yeah, uh, a num- number of times. I mean, like a bird strike, or just I, I can imagine. I you hear stories all the time about like glider pilots flying in formation with a hawk or something like that. Does that kind of stuff happen, or what, what are you talking about? Uh, that that happened with some regularity. Uh, Flying off the uh, site closest to my house on uh, on Lookout Mountain in north north uh, west Georgia, uh, and over in the Sequatchie Valley, my my favorite place, uh, Henson's Gap, uh, flew alongside hawks a couple of times, and uh, flying off Lookout, and I was doing a cross country. I was already past Cloudland Canyon, headed toward Fort Payne, Alabama, and. Uh, Apparently was flying too close to where uh, an eagle was nesting because it came up and got aggressive and circled me and got real close. And when I landed, its talons had left scratch marks on the uh, nose fairing of my Mm, wing. Okay. Uh, It also got shot at a couple of times. (laughs) All right. You were the eagle. (laughs) Uh, Me. the, the I shouldn't spot. laugh, actually. So seriously, like a, a human being on the ground fired a, a, a gun of some sort at you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there were about three of us that were going cross country off the Henson's Gap site, and we were headed north, we, northeast up the valley, and uh, we saw a little trickle of smoke 
<laughs> down the mountainside yeah, about a, a couple hundred yards from the peak. Didn't think much about it because the thermaling and smoke is not the most fun thing. And uh, yeah. heard the gunshot and didn't see a puff of smoke. Uh, then I heard another gunshot, and one of the one of the, one of the guys hollered, uh, let, let, "Let's get the f out of here! His bootleggers must be down there." Uh, and we bailed out of that thermal and kept going north. And on the way back, about an hour and a half later, we came down the center of the valley so that we avoided that mm-hmm, altogether. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay, when, I get when it. we when we got on the ground, uh, one of my buddy's wings had a uh, had a had a hole through it. Uh, just it, just behind the the cuff of uh, sailcloth that forms the pocket for the leading edge. Okay. And yeah. if it had been a half inch farther ahead, it could have gone through the uh, uh, wing spar. Wait, this is a bullet hole in your in your aircraft. Yeah. Yeah. Holy moly! Bullet hole through the sail. I'm sitting here thinking. I'm sitting here thinking there. There certainly have been times when I've toyed with the idea of shooting one of you two, but I've never really wanted to follow through on it. I don't know. I, I, uh, I, I had a friend You've in California. Give the guy credit though. For, you know, he's hit, he's trying to hit a moving target. And, I, you know, yeah. I don't know from how many how many feet away. He's shooting. Oh, maybe he was shooting at something else. Um, the, uh, I I knew a guy when I lived in 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 California, Santa at Reed Hillview Airport, um, who uh, discovered. Um, in the in the um, in the upper surface of his wing, one morning when he went out to his airplane, um, this was an, an arrow, as I recall. Um, so it, it, you know the upper surface was very visible. Um, found a bullet hole in the upper surface, going downward, um, and so he's pretty sure that he got hit by a, 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 a what's the right firearms term a, a shell a projectile a um, slug slug um he got hit by a slug that was descending from someone who was having shot into the air um but uh anyways and it didn't come out the bottom they had to actually get into the wing in order to recover the slug um and uh, but anyways That's all right a good sign that it was in free fall yeah so anyways um but it was going fast enough to punch through the through the aluminum so uh yeah you know. Anyways, just not both layers. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Okay. Well, all right. Look out for the careful out there. There's birds, and uh, it's and that guns. Time of year. Yeah. And uh, is that is it a time of year thing? Really? Well, spring. I, I spring. The, okay. The, yeah. The when swallows when, return to Capistrano. Okay. All right. Uh, Washington D.C. Federal Communications Commission. Petition for partial reconsideration of the 3.7, 4.2 gigahertz band report and order. God, I, that's so sexy when you read it that uh, way. You know, I, well, you, I need a cigarette after that. I know. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, but I have no. That's everything I know about this. Tell me what. Um, what? What is this? Who put this on the list? David, I want to say, but uh, I don't know. Dave did put it on the list. Yeah. Um, is this significant? What is this? Is this isn't related to them uh, messing with the GPS? Is it? What is this all same, about? Same. Same. Delta. Different day. I'm sorry. Okay. Same. Same Sierra. Different day. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, David, can you explain this to me? Barely. Uh, that uh, that outfit that we got our, our backs up about uh, the, the morning to work in the spectrum next to GPS uh, has come back, and right. the FCC's given them, from, you know, approved their proposal on an initial, and this time, the avionics industry is uh, petitioning for reconsideration because the frequency spectrum that they're looking at this time is a little different, and it's right up against the frequency that radar altimeters use. Okay, so this and is could interfere with radar altimeters when uh, uh, it, it, when you most need it when you're trying to land. Right, right. So the petitioners here, the the organizations that have submitted or filed this petition um, are the Aerospace Industries Association, the Airline Pilots Association, International Aviation Spectrum Resources, I don't know what that one is, um, GAMMA, the General Aviation Manufacturer Association, Honeywell, Aerospace Vehicle Systems Institute, Airbus, Garmin International, Helicopter Association International, International Airport, correction, International Air Transport Association, and the National Air Transportation Association. So, 
These are not not your your for the most part. These are not your everyday aviation alphabet organizations. Um, there's mm. one or two in here, but uh, yeah, um, they pretty much are on on this kind of issue. This is this is um, your everyday organizations. You know? Are they yeah. okay? All right. So, what does this? Uh, is there something we can do? Do we want to support this petition? And if so, is there something we can do to do that? We want to support the industry's position, not the not the. Uh, not the FCC's position, right? Right. Um, we want well, yeah. And so the petitioners this, that I just left read the list are asking for reconsideration, and yeah, they're asking for the right thing to be done. Okay, but this is a court thing. Is this something that this we can is, influence? This is the Federal Communications Commission. This is FCC. Okay. Yeah, not, there's not. A, it's not a court. There's a a commission that meets and votes and and takes actions. And if memory serves, this falls under the Administrative Procedures Act, not a court thing. Uh, This is how the federal government makes and changes rules. It should. I presume it does. But it is an independent commission, so it's not at all clear what their their, uh, operating rules are in this regard. Mm -hmm. Well, usually there's a – if there's going to – be reconsideration there there would be a a a period of comment open to the public Uh uh, like there was before the first vote uh, Ah, okay which which the commission basically ignored uh, yeah and i'm I'm just a little bit flummoxed that um they would do this that's just so we've had this we've we've seen this you're flummoxed that the fcc would do what it's done yeah 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 it's, it's we've seen this episode before it's a rerun um, and it's a stupid decision. It impacts a huge number of users around the world in exchange for making somebody making some money off of this, and it's just absurd. I'm shocked, yeah, shocked they, they, to hear that such a thing like could before, be happening. When we were up against this a few years ago, uh, the uh, members of the uh, Federal Communications Commission seemed to be blind and deaf yeah uh, so who would who would a citizen one of us or anyone reach out to to express themselves on this is there i, I mean is i don't can, know what the status of this is if there's a petition uh and, and it's before the fcc there should be a way to comment in support of that petition okay um I don't know if you would do that through the FCC's website or if you would do it through the, um, I think it's USA.gov or, or some other, certainly maybe through the Federal Register also, mm-hmm. um, that you could you could get a link to comment on on the uh, petition. Right, I think, okay. I, I know the FAA has to generally, uh, I think they have to publish petitions. I presume the FCC does also. And when they do that online, there are links to uh, autom- links to make online comments. Right. At least, at least with the FAA dockets. Sure. Okay. Well, let's leave it this way. Uh, we will do some research, and if we can find a link, we'll add it to the show notes. And listeners, if any of you know of how to reach out properly, um, let us know, and we'll add it to the show notes and tweet it and and whatnot. But uh, yeah. Okay. Uh. David, how you doing? What's going on? Uh, just trying to keep the rock rolling uphill like usual. Uh-huh. Uh, I've, uh, like so many people, I uh, had actually minimal, minimal effect from Kansas being shut down here uh, and the coronavirus and COVID-19 and all that stuff. Uh, most of my work's gone on unchanged. What's changed is the lack of events to attend which all three of us have experienced Mm -hmm. so i just plugging along on what was an existing list of stories and uh, for example i was already online uh, when this started to produce two stories for uh avionics news um one of them was about the uh, process and eligibility of, of having alternatively, let's try this again, alternatively approved avionics uh, as a way to get your uh, avionics up to speed without spending the higher dollar on uh, on TSO equipment. 
Uh, the other story in this month's avionics news is uh, called Wait Till Next Year. And it talks about what we missed out on and what uh, Air Venture, as well as many other shows, means to the industry and the community. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how what we do when, and, and of course, it isn't going to be like a switch being flipped when this thing, it won't end from one week to the next. Um, but as things gradually get added back into our, our lifestyles, yeah, it'll be interesting to see when these events return next year, hopefully next year. Um, will they do a double, you know, will they like, it's like, we got to catch up, you know, or how is it going to change? It's kind of interesting. Um, Cause yeah, a lot of announcements are, I don't know. Are they making announcements that they just would have held for Oshkosh, and now they're going to make them, you know, online? Or uh, well, well, Sun and Fun's been doing a little, uh, a, a little series of uh, uh, online events that's kind of a substitution for Sun and Fun not happening. Uh, haven't seen the same level out of uh, EAA up at Oshkosh. Uh, but they've been pushing some stuff out the door that might have gotten done at Oshkosh uh, mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Uh, and I think pretty much from what I'm seeing out of these outfits, uh, like Aero Friedrichshafen, they already said, well, we'll be back next year, and then they already have dates that they're talking about. Some of these outfits are already well into – planning for next year when they will return to the to the event marketplace yeah Uh, but it's going to be different because as uh one of the expert physicians uh who who refuted the recommendation that we drink bleach uh which gives him considerable credibility with me uh he reminds the people from time to time that in Till this virus is wiped from the earth, it's with us. Yeah. It can be transmitted. It can be transferred. And uh, there's going to be some things that we are living with now that we may be living with for a long t- time until that time comes when we have a vaccine and enough of the world is inoculated against it, against it to uh, yeah. reduce the chances of transmission. Yeah. So, anyways, well, it's interesting stuff. Um I yeah okay, um, what else is going on here? Yeah, so so um, I don't know, but you, you, we're all of a similar age. The three of us, all kidding aside, we are all of a similar age. Hey, come on! And, I, I used to like you, <laughs> and we all—I think all three of us have memories of our back in our childhood of gathering periodically um, throughout our childhood, gathering in front of the TV in order to watch one of the space launches, um, to watch one oh, of the, the, yeah. the Gemini's and the Apollo yes. and the, uh, the the Mercury's and the Gemini's and the Apollos, um, and. And man, the other day was such a flashback to that whole thing. Did you guys watch the uh, Falcon Falcon launch? Absolutely. Yeah, that was cool. I, I I was scared, man. It made I was scared. I'm thinking, please let I this go. Too. Please let this work out. Anyway, it went off apparently without a hitch. God bless them. Good for them. You know. Um, it just wasn't the same without Walter Cronkite, though. It truly wasn't. I, I also was thinking about that. Um, a, gra- a vast majority of our audience are going to go, what? Old who, guys. Who? Yeah, right. Um, we we actually have a uh, – I'll have to dig out the disclaimer. We have a Walter Cronkite disclaimer that I'll have to play. You'll hear that at some point during this episode. Um, we have a Walter Cronkite disclaimer. We absolutely do. Um, um, um who did it? Uh, Mike Morgan did it for us. Did uh, yeah, and uh, um, and it was so awesome that I actually had him go back and do a, a, a Walter Cronkite, you know, kind of like welcome to uncontrolled airspace kind of thing. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> the Falcon Nine launch, the uh, the Dragon crew ship or crew Dragon ship thing was just pretty exciting. And uh, um, but uh, and it was interesting that they had a weather scrub. I, I don't know. I, people, I, I, I saw a tweet why, at one why point. Why you say that? Uh, and not not in any way controversial i just just you know the whole process was interesting and oh, the okay. the idea that even a spaceship can be affected by the weather just like you and i you know um and uh um some i saw a tweet that someone said as pilots we completely understand that you have to look at the weather and make a go no go decision yeah, based on the weather my tweet was there's no such thing as an emergency takeoff <laughs> There's that too, yeah. So uh, they, just, they don't have to take off. They don't have to uh, to blast off. They don't have to take off. You cool. don't have to take off. 
Yeah. Cool, cool stuff. And uh, a couple of things that really intrigued me was uh, a, a the coverage was uh, so much rah, more rah rah and 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 here we go uh, with the connection between NASA and SpaceX, uh, and it was obvious in all the graphics and all this. This was a partnership. Uh, the other thing was. I hadn't thought about this in any detail before, but do you know your Falcon rocket's crosswind limits? <laughs> and there's a whole stage of checks that they do from sea level there at the pad. I think it was 39, the uh, Apollo 11 pad, uh, all the way up into the flight levels with particular attention to where they would be crossing through the uh, sound barrier and where the pressures of that acceleration on the rocket's acceleration would be at a maximum. So they do these wind checks at multiple altitudes, and they have limits at each of those altitudes because it may be really cool, dead calm at the launch pad, but at 40,000 feet, it may exceed crosswind limits and then go back to within limits in the next layer. And uh, quite a bit more involved than uh, than what we normally think of. We look at the winds aloft as a way to get faster or to avoid going slower. Uh, but these guys actually have to look at it as a control and survival mm-hmm. issue. And, yeah. uh, pretty sophisticated. Yeah. So they're still up there right now. They're apparently staying at the uh, space International Space Station. I would come back right now if I had to. <laughs> and, uh, well, um, they got they got their rooms on Hotels.com. Yeah. And uh, so they're up there for now. I And I haven't seen, I don't know if you guys have seen any indication of how long they're staying. I, I, I haven't looked that hard, to be honest with you. But uh, um so, but I guess what I'm getting at here is, at some point, um, they will mount up and come back, which will be yet another exciting moment. Exactly. That, that's yeah. If they can um, do this flawlessly, nominally, love right everything on the launch. I mean, it was right to the minute, right right down to the the, the, the middle of the road. Yeah. Um, if they can do that, uh, calling the comeback. Hey, Shazam. We're in yeah, I know. But now they're going to come back in a way that we haven't seen in a long, long time. They're going to come back um, into the water under parachute, right? Oh, there you go. And, uh, you know, we haven't seen that, obviously, since the Apollo days, at least in the United States. Um, I guess the uh, Russian ship comes down under parachute onto the ground, of That's all correct. things. Yeah. Uh, that sounds nuts to me, but it works, apparently. Um, but they're going to come down um, into the water. Um, I, I and I haven't heard, I, I, it would be easy enough to find out, where the intended t- splashdown, splashdown, there's a word we haven't said in a while, uh, splashdown, uh, is it Atlantic Ocean or Pacific? I don't know. I'll have to look, at it, look that one I'm up. I'm sure there's... Yeah, it's, it's probably easily, uh, wherever the plan is. Of course, they might come down other places. Anyways, the whole thing's very exciting. Woohoo. Um, you know, uh, 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 yeah. Elon Elon's a character. There's no question about it. But you got to give him and his folks credit for figuring this out and pulling it off. Um, it's a big deal, I think. Anyways, I think so too. Uh, yeah. It's it's uh, as much as I, th- at least in my book, as much as a a national government funded space program is valuable and should be uh, continued and maintained and expanded. <laughs> Uh, it's also great to see private enterprise yeah. taking taking this kind of a step. Um, I'm just waiting for them to harvest an asteroid. You know, that's that's <laughs> yeah, I know. that's right, yeah. that's going to be the next real or, or or start set up a mining operation on the moon or 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 whatever. You know, right. that's, that's going to be kind of the next. Um, well, you know, forward. yeah. And and Elon is pretty pretty he talks a pretty good game about going back to the moon and ultimately going to Mars mm-hmm. and sometimes it's tempting to just kind of like hey, yeah you sure you you keep talking Elon but he pulled this off so maybe he'll pull that off too I don't know um, we'll see cool stuff yep. uh, I'm sorry I didn't save it when I saw it but uh, the day of the launch somebody sent me a link uh, and it was a a, a, a stitched together 
panorama type photograph that had the interior of Mercury capsule, the oh, interior of a Gemini that. capsule, an Apollo capsule, and the Crew Dragon capsule. Uh huh. And man, what a what a dramatic difference uh, in space in a number of switches and breakers and controls. I mean, this Dragon—they're doing it all with the, the uh, touchscreens. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool stuff. It's, it's very cool. Um, and it's, it's much more much more automated than uh, uh, than the Apollo or right. even, even the shuttle right. uh, missions were, spacecraft yeah. were. Uh, and yet they can still fly it. Yeah. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Okay. And now a special report. The members of the Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast are participating as private individuals. The comments you hear do not necessarily represent the views of the various organizations they work with. Also, anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on aircraft operation is obviously very general. You should always consider your own situation, remember your training, and fly the airplane. And that's the way it is. So, a... uh a big part of all of our lives these days is disinfecting things with alcohol. We do this all the time. It's become kind of routine for many yeah, of us. You know, we've been doing the insides for years. Now we have to do the outsides, too. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and uh, one of the ways we do this was alcohol wipes. Apparently, you got to be careful about where you use these alcohol wipes. So uh, did you see this uh, ASRS, uh, Aviation Safety Reporting System, bulletin that came out back in mid-May? Um, let's see, now let me read maybe, well, part of it. Um, the ASRS report that spurred the bulletin, the, uh, the, the report was submitted by an airline captain, quote, at cruise, smelled like wire burning, put masks on, then visible smoke was coming from pedestal. This is an airline, um, um, situation, uh, environment. Um, continuing, uh, flew barber pole until approximately 15 kilometers landed shut down airplane no more visible smoke but still had a bad smell on the airplane kept masks on and open windows etc etc um what they apparently determined was wiping things down with alcohol wipes um shorted out some wires uh, is this is this seem plausible to you well, I, I, I just mean, did this with coffee uh, in the well, Airbus yeah. A 350, like two or three months ago. Ah, uh, yeah, but the coffee. Uh, hmm, okay, maybe I guess. Well, here's uh, the thing. Yeah, alcohol wipes and disinfectant wipes shouldn't be moist enough to to have any liquid penetrating the screen that you're wiping down or the buttons and all that. Where it goes wrong is some people don't understand that you don't spray those things with a spray bottle. Because that is liquid enough that the liquid can penetrate the faceplate and get into the switches and the uh, circuitry below it. But that's what some people do. I've seen people do this uh, in uh, retail stores where they were wiping down uh, a stereo system that they just demonstrated for uh, a potential customer. Uh-oh, and okay, yeah. Then the, uh, the the employee came back with a, a, a spray bottle, kind of you push the button on and it goes spritz, 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 and a uh, uh, cloth of some kind. It looked like a, one of those microfiber cloths. Anyway, he sprayed the whole front of this damn thing and then wiped it down. And that don't that don't that just doesn't look smart. Yeah, okay, so yeah, no. during the before we started recording, the three of us were talking about uh, about you know the whole lifestyle thing these days, and I was talking about how I in fact occasionally use spray bottle of isopropyl alcohol to disinfect various groceries that I bring into the house, and now you're telling me that I should not be using that on my iPhone is basically what you're telling. Bad idea on your yeah, iPhone. Okay. Actually, I don't use it on my iPhone because the surface. And it's a long story iPhone people will know that you're supposed to be very careful with the coding on the surface of your phone. The um, corrector answer is, Jack, you can do anything you want with your Yeah, iPhone. I know. Yeah, I promise I want to keep it working as long as possible. Um, anyways, okay, well, so uh, uh, be careful out there. Look out for birds and alcohol wipes um, or, or spray bottle alcohol. All right, so we're making a list. Those are the two things for now that we need to be careful You don't want about. to get these birds drunk. Yeah, really. Uh, my question is, what's a barber pole? So that, that 
that pilot said uh, after they just saw the smoke, they put on the masks, and then they said they flew barber pole until approximately 15 kilometers. What's barber pole? That's a uh, movable red line, basically, on um, jet aircraft airspeed indicators. Okay. It's, it's a red and white striped um, marker uh-huh. built into the airspeed indicator. And it basically tells them their maximum Mach operating speed, which changes uh, with altitude and uh, temperature and everything else. Uh, and, and it changes dynamically as you're Dynamic. based on various things like altitude, I would imagine. and Altitude right? and temperature and, and, you know, okay. these variables. So the context of, the con- the, the context of this the, is that uh, they flew as I'm, I'm now reading it to be as, as fast as they could safely. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Within, okay. the, within the airplane's operating them. Yeah. Okay. And they were using the barber pole for their primary airspeed indication exactly. because the other airspeed indicator probably was not. Okay. All right. Cool. Learn something new every day. Barber pole. Jeb, how you doing? What's going on right. with you? I'm all right. I got my magazine done earlier in the week and, uh, uh, I would be basking, but it's been raining here for like you know I don't know forty days, forty nights. Yeah, I saw I saw uh, some sort of radar thing that talked about huge moisture over the entire state of Florida. Like it's like apparently it, unusually wet. I don't, I don't wet. know if it literally stops at the Georgia line or not, but it is what it is. It, it was pretty remarkably close to that. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I went out earlier this morning to to do some stuff outside and got caught in the rain and came back inside and waited for it to stop and then finally got my task accomplished. But uh, it's already rained two or three times more since then. And I do see a patch of blue sky, but it's just the biggest sucker hole I've seen. Oh, I screwed up. The forecast is for another 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, all right, everybody hold for a second. David, I still hear you. Say something, David. Something, David. Um, Yeah, I heard a beep. Did you accidentally push a button or you didn't? I accidentally closed the window. And then you reopened it. Well, I got it open now, huh? All right. Well, I'm I'm thinking we're okay because I I heard the my, the tone that said someone came or went, and that's when I looked. Um, all right. Let's. I think we're good. I think we're good. So, uh, okay. um, yeah, that was okay. Be careful. Be careful. Don't do that anymore. Uh, once. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so all right that all got you, cut you, out you give me a straight line you know and, and <laughs> yeah i know i don't know I, mean, I don't expect? know how, i might leave some of that in there i don't know and we had a little technical glitch there and uh it might have been invisible to you and you might have heard it all it's hard to say um but uh, uh you know shadow knows. <laughs> only yeah only future jack knows because uh, present jack hasn't a clue uh so uh, life is uh, Jeb. Life is good. Life is uh, life you're just kind of is getting back to uh, not having to worry about uh, the magazine for a few weeks. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, but all my other projects are pretty much tamped down. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I I've got a lot of you know just a lot of little projects around the house, um, and I'm slowly trying to work through them. Um, I'm probably going to start by doing laundry. Laundry. See, now this is that's my thing. Laundry as well. Yeah, yeah, well, maybe yeah I know about, we've had that conversation. Maybe I'll talk about laundry later on. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Um, uh, any 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 stories out in the world of aviation that particularly catch your interest? Or uh... um, well, I saw this one um, um, about uh, jump. Oh, I, I got to thinking about uh, uh, um, jump uh, ramps on aircraft carriers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here I we go. I came across this video yeah, yeah, um, of cold shots. Uh, one of them uh, is video of, of the F-35C uh, being tested uh, during uh, on a cold shot uh, off a, cat- a cold catapult shot. Let me let me let me put some meat on that bone. Yeah, a cold shot, uh, a cold catapult shot is one that isn't full power. Okay, um, it's less than full power, less than what was expected, less than what um, is necessary to to conduct a normal catapult launch off of a an aircraft carrier. Uh, and they test, you know, while they're putting new types in, in operation and service, they test 
the airplanes for you know how these the types anyway uh, how these uh, how they can handle a cold shot and there's video uh, on uh, on this mm-hmm. website and uh, guy got really close to the water I know <laughs> I'm saying I, you know and so so he so he was like leaving his own wake in the in the surface of the water with this F-35 and I'm like yeah so that's so too close I, yeah so I, you're I think, telling me I think they don't get paid enough. Yeah, I know. You're, so you're telling me that wasn't an accident. They, that was a test. They That's intentionally... According, according to this commentary associated with the video, that was a test. Holy moly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because it did get close. I saw that. Yeah. I, so I, I, I listeners, uh, and I will have a link to the video in the in the show notes, but what happened was we saw this fighter plane go off the uh, uh, departure end of the flight deck and immediately start settling towards the water. And uh, and settled and settled until it got, as you guys described, very close to the water before it started climbing out. Um, and I thought, okay, wow, they caught a near disaster. I, mean, I guess they did catch a near disaster. But uh, um, well, there, there's a lot of other. And it wouldn't be originally video. It would have been original film uh, of cold shots. Um, I'm sure back in in uh, uh, back in Vietnam. Uh, and a variety of aircraft that I've I've seen uh, at least one video where the airplane I think it was a <clears throat> excuse me I think it was a a uh, an A six intruder um, just got a cold shot and did not make it hit the water just before it hit the water both crew rocketed out and okay. um, they were picked up and returned to the ship and I guess they got to do it again later in the day I don't know it's a hell of a ride though I would think. Um, but you know, I just thought, where's those, where are those jump ramps? Well, see, now this is what I want to see. So I'm going to, I continue to believe I'm going to get into this again. I continue to believe that if this flight deck under these circumstances had been a ski jump deck, um, it would have made the situation even worse because this airplane would have been even slower when it left the end of the, of the, uh, but it would have had more altitude. And, and it would have had a trajectory up. And I think the, the trade-off is yeah. not reasonable. I think there is no there is no free lunch. I will all right? die on this hill, and you will not survive. <laughs> I will take you with me. But on the upside, didn't there's no need to. Or, didn't she get slapped there's... around on this topic uh, um, the first time around? I don't know what. I'm sorry, you broke you, up there I, for you, a second. You, didn't you get slapped around in the forums or something for this? Yeah, topic? well, you know, yeah, when's okay. that? All right. When's that ever stopped me? <laughs> um, One thing about it, you, the the, uh, the the crew chief doesn't have to worry about washing the bottom of the airplane this time. He does have to worry about cleaning the seat, however. Yeah, the top of the seat, though. Yeah, right. Uh, now nah, these test pilots, man, good, the right stuff. They, you know. He said he got back to the deck and said, "Can I go again?" That's what he said. All right. Um, so, uh, assuming it was he, it might have been a she. Could have been a she. Yeah. Come on, Dad. Can I take that ride one more time? I know. I want to go again. I want to go again. Uh, this next thing about the G- flight advisory GPS interference fest- testing is this different or the same as what we talked about a minute ago? Um, apparently, there's a test going to go on someplace down in uh, I don't know what's that Louisiana. Louisiana. Boy, we've been talking about this off and on for yeah 10 years so what's is is there news here this is just an announcement of a particular yeah, test this is just an it, it's an announcement of a particular test that June runs June 4th today start, uh, starts today and runs through June 20 yeah so if you're flying down in the Louisiana greater Louisiana area it stretches way out into Texas and way over to the to the floor across uh, across uh, uh, Mrs. No, they're going to have I, a hurricane in a couple of days. Okay. So, yeah. See, I'm, this is bad, 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 bad. This is a, 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 a ugly northerner here. Why, why right. would? Yeah. Why would we need GPS? It's Mississippi and Alabama. It's Mississippi and Alabama. I just want to know which one is to the left and which one is to. Don't tell me. I can tell this. Uh, it is. Uh, uh, it is. Oh crap! Uh, Alabama is the one to the left, to the west. Alab of of Louisiana. Yeah, no, 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 of each other. Uh, between Alabama and Mississippi. Oh, crap. What's between Alabama and Mississippi? Is that what you're asking? No, I'm asking of those two, one is more to the east and one is more to the west. Which yeah. one is to the west? Alabama. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, okay. All right. Anyways, um, whichever one is to the west, that one is at risk of this GPS thing, too. And, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, he is licensed to operate aircraft in yeah, the national airspace. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Okay, um, then. 
Okay. All right. Anyway, right. so anyway, make so, sure you get your, you get your pre-flight so you'll know whether or not you're uh, uh, get up a good briefing so you'll well, know whether or not GPS is affected in your area. That's so. The, so here's a, here's a legit question. Okay. Yeah. Why start now? Why Go start ahead. now? Why start now? Um, but but seriously, um, so in, in smaller, lighter airplanes, there's been a trend lately of not even installing a VOR. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So you you have a GPS navigator that's probably VFR only, um, but it's got you know charts. It's got it, it's updated. It's it's got all the data there. It's current. It's it's nine times out of ten it's accurate. Uh, yada yada yada. Uh, and a com side to it. And and you know if you if you roll your dice right, you might even have your ADSB built into this single box. And and that's all the avionics you need for a, for a basic airplane. Um, so then we come in with all of this tests and all these outage outages and warnings about navigation signal loss. Um, shouldn't I put a shouldn't I keep the VOR? Uh, once, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's that. Should I should I keep? I'm, and I'm I'm kind of semi uh, serious. I'm thinking about doing some work and, and put, putting some money into into the champ. Uh-huh. And uh, one of those, I don't need a nav on it, but it'd be nice to have, and it might be a, a kind of a cheap uh, avionic solution for some other things I want. Um, should I hold out to get a VOR on the thing, or should I just walk away from it I, and not worry about it? I wouldn't. I, I mean, I, 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 I so, you man. have much more. Not, not your champ. Your opinion, I mean, this stuff is much more valuable than mine, but um, if it were my champ, I would make it a really, the, the most simple of steam gauge. Right. Um, um, panel and have a good iPad mount. Uh-huh. Exactly. That's that's how that's, I would that's do it. But for more or less. But I'm also thinking that maybe it should have at least some basic ADSB out. Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, it seems, yeah. I mean, that's an expense for a little airplane like that, but it's probably yeah, yeah, prudent. It yeah, I, I agree. Anyways, all right Anyways. then. Um, so I, I just wish they'd stop. You know, I just it just doesn't. I don't, I don't understand why they have to keep testing this. I'm willing to be educated, and I'm, I'm, I'll, 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 you know, I'll put the, the grandpa thing away, but uh, I, I just, it just irks me. I, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I wonder, I'm, I'm surprised there isn't some sort of um, aviation safety related magazine that's doing some Woodward and Bernstein you stuff. You know, we could do some and, research on that. Yeah, yeah, we could find <laughs> okay. that magazine and maybe, you know, All right. ask them. To well, here's it. two cents worth. Okay, or maybe I could worth. contract with a contributing writer or two. <laughs> to actually go out and, and research this topic and write me an article and I could publish it and, and put all kinds of neat photos and graphics and everything yeah, right. and make it interesting. You'd probably want somebody that's familiar with writing about avionics. Yeah, yeah. that's why I was exactly what I was yeah. going to say. But yeah. but okay, all right. all right. David, two cents and then we're going to move on. I'll have to two cents. My, I'll have to put my thinking cap on. Go ahead. If, okay. If, if, you're look, if you're considering putting a navigator in the champ and you're only going to put in one, Make it a GPS. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because the VORs are going away. Yeah. That's why there's some aircraft are being built and sold without one in it, mm-hmm. because the FAA is already starting the process of shutting down VORs. Oh, yeah. And what's going to be left in the system are going to be those VORs on which depends the uh, 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 instrument approaches into s- some airports. Uh, but in route stuff, it's going to go away. Yeah. And I, I, I would not. If I was going to put a nav system in the airplane, it would include GPS. It may or may not include VOR. Is yeah, the, is the is the bottom yeah. line. Yeah, um, I'm not convinced the airplane needs a nav system, but that's a whole other topic. It does need a com and it does need ADSB. Right. Well, it, since it's not going to go faster than you can uh, fly by deduced reckoning, uh, yeah, you you're in good shape there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm not shooting. I'm not going to be shooting approaches with it as the punchline. Uh, oh, okay. Once Such a waste. Such a waste. Uh, no, I don't. No, that's the way I, I, yeah, no, that's, that's what that airplane's all about. I agree. 
Jack, what are you? What you know? You've been asking us questions all all, all episode here. What have you been up to? I yeah okay. It's I you know it's not unlike you, Jeb. Although I didn't have the magazine to do. I mean, I'm just kind of like chugging along here, um, trying to reinvent my life. All kidding aside, that's what I'm, I'm reinventing my lifestyle. I had just thought of that term, Re- that phrase. Reinventing your lifestyle. Well, because my work, my day job, and I mean, I'm you know, I mean, I'm doing all the things I ever used to do. You know, like doing podcasts and hanging out and you know around town and doing my thing. The, the thing that I'm not able to do during the pandemic is my day job, or just traveling and, and doing those things, um, and making a living. All right, you know, and so I, I'm kind of coming to the conclusion that that the time has come to not become less safe. I mean, I'm trying to stay just as socially distanced and hand washed and and uh, you know uh, masked and all that kind of stuff as ever. But my theory is that we've all learned a lot about health, safety, hygiene. I, I agree. Um, and so we can now kind of ease off a little bit to kind of broaden our lifestyle just a little without increasing the risk, all right, maintaining the level of safety. So I'm sort of trying to figure out how what that means exactly, all right, um, so that I can kind of start to do things with a little more confidence. Um, and I continue to try and expand my skills here. Um, I've talked in the past about how I'm, I'm studying and, and trying to build a portfolio of, of uh, uh, motion graphics, um, creating animated GIFs and videos and stuff with, with software like After Effects. What's that? In Italian. And I'm doing. I am literally doing some of it in Italian. Yes. So occasionally I produce a little animated GIF where the words are in Italian. Um, are you saying? You mean to say GIF, right? Yeah. That's no. That's not what I mean to say. Um, and uh, you, it's like that could be. That's right up there with with ski jump uh, aircraft carriers. Um, and. Uh, so I'm doing that. Um, I just just the uh, about a week ago uh, uh, returned to. I'm kind of getting geared up for the fact that uh, Apple's big developer conference is coming up in about a month now, um, and uh, um, I don't know whether people really notice this, but um, I, my day job usually involves me working at that conference um, as one of the tech support people. But we're not doing it this year because it's not it's not happening as a physical conference. Um, it's happening as an online conference. And this is going to be the first time in like 25 years I've been able to attend Apple's WWDC as a developer. All right, it's I'm really excited about. Um, and so, in preparation for that, I kind of drug out my uh, the, the Xcode, which is the uh, uh, Apple developer environment, and uh, I've been working on some things. And who knows, I might even actually publish some some uh, um, um, iPhone apps or iPad apps cool. um, in the near future. So, uh, so these are things that are keeping me busy and um, having fun with that. Um, I do a lot of social media. I think I think <clears throat> pretty obvious to a lot of people that I do a lot of social media. Um, I, I heard from one. A listener, let's see, where'd this link go? Here it is. Uh, that's not it. Hang on, I'll find it. It's right here. Um, uh, so, oh no, it wasn't. It wasn't through. So, uh, it wasn't through social media. It was through email. We heard from a listener, um, uh, listener Robert W, um, who sent an email in, um, and uh, he made a suggestion. And I just wanted to kind of pass this along. Um, he said, among other things, in this email, he said, "If you haven't checked out the Opposing Bases podcast, he says you're missing out." He said both hosts are controllers at a Charlie Airport in North Carolina, and give great advi- advice each week on how to better interact with ATC. Each of them has experience as professional pilots as well. One is a military pilot and one for the regional airline. Interesting. Um, so, uh, and I think this is the, I, I'm going to, I'll do the research and I'll put it in the show notes. Guy, I don't have it in front of me here. So at Oshkosh last summer, I heard about a podcast that was done by some ATC guys. And I think it might have been these two guys. All right. And the thing that particularly caught my attention last year was that they recorded an episode from Oshkosh while sitting in lawn chairs down at the very front edge of the flight line. All right. Uh-huh. Which uh-huh. I just thought was genius. And I was really, really jealous that I hadn't thought of it. Um, and so uh, it might be these same guys. But uh, but uh, Robert W. Um, um, says this is a good podcast. If you're looking for another aviation podcast, uh, this one is worth checking out so uh yeah i'm just kind of keeping busy believe me i don't need to work to be busy i just need to work to pay the rent and we're trying to figure out how to how to get these things all back together again in sync again so to speak but uh otherwise i'm good otherwise i'm good good i saw this uh I saw this uh, uh, story about a weird airplane design. Actually, it was a, oh, wait, stop it. YouTube video that made noise in my ear. Um, 
So, uh, I don't know if you have a chance to... Apparently, according to the YouTube video title, it's an Edgley EA7 Optica. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've yeah. seen this before. Yeah. I've never, I don't recall ever seeing one of these. I certainly don't think I've ever seen one in person. That's, that's a flashback to the 70s or something. Is it really? Yeah. What flashback to the 70s? Oh. You are so freaking old. All right. <laughs> 70s is not a flashback. Come that's here yesterday. And say that if your walker will survive the trip. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so it's a, uh, uh, it's a, uh, fix, uh, it's a mid wing aircraft with a sort of bubbly, bubble shaped. Um, um, uh, cabin crew part of the fuselage um, very very reminiscent of a helicopter bubble um, bingo that's and, that's the and, idea and then uh, and then it has I think it has one it has a pusher prop sort of mid fuselage that is ducted through a great big round enclosure that kind of circles the fuselage um, and then it then there are narrow booms that go back to a twin tail. Um, I don't know how to describe that in any useful way, but that's what this thing looks like. Um, and I just thought it was an interesting scene. If I can mute this, I'll mute the sound, and now I'll play the video. Um, so this video shows it taxis. It taxis for a long time in this video, and then eventually you see it flying. Um, yeah, you guys, have you ever seen one of these in person? I th- yeah, think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah? Well, I mean, uh, hmm. Okay, is, what 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 did, what did you think? What is this? You guys are just so old hands. You've seen so many airplanes. Well, it's like, yeah, it's nothing, this nothing, is, no big this deal. Is, I mean, when you said it had like a helicopter bubble on it, you a you're right. B there's a reason. And yeah, this was designed as a more economical uh, observation platform than a traditional helicopter. Okay. The ducted fan is there for for a couple of reasons. One, they wanted the bubble out in front. They didn't want the engine in front of the cockpit. Mm-hmm. So you could have an almost 360-degree view. Secondly, the ducted fan is a lot quieter than a conventional propeller or a convention. In this case, um, I'm not sure if this would be a tractor or a pusher. It looks like it's, it's still in a tractor configuration uh, in this in this installation. Um, but it's a lot quieter than a normal piston single would be, and uh, it's designed for um, uh, observation as as a more as a, a less expensive alternative to a helicopter. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that I noted was that the nose wheel um, is not also. centered. I noticed um, that also. It, it's it's you know I mean obviously it's mounted underneath this bubble crew compartment, um, but. It's not centered, and I wondered why that might be. Um, David, any thoughts on why it's not centered? Uh, I think because it makes it easier for the uh, pilot to accurately taxi, because basically the the nose gear is right on the same longitudinal line as the pilot seat. So he's basically sitting almost huh. on top of that wheel for steering purposes. Uh but, and I, I would imagine structural integrity had a big part in deciding where to put that. Yeah, I, I guess. Think somebody screwed up. I think, <laughs> I think they misaligned the ribs when they were building this cockpit. I keep trying to tell you, measure twice, cut that's once. That's right, that's right. Well, there are, other, there are other aircraft out there that, uh, that have nose wheels that uh, are not on the center line. Uh, yeah, the one that comes to mind most quickly is the A ten Warthog. Is that true? I don't. I'm. I'm not sure about that. Uh, okay, uh, take a look. One, take uh, a look at a picture. Yeah, that's what I'm actually uh, going to look up here. I, I will. It's offset, and I believe it's offset because of the space that the barrels for that gun, that what twelve foot long gun takes up, and the uh, and it's a retractable gear airplane, so. For clearance purposes, they put the nose wheel off to one side so that when it retracts, it's not yeah, interfering right. with you're the right. barrel of the aircraft. Um, according, <laughs> according to well, multiple sources, it's an offset front landing gear. All right. Simply doing a search for Warthog does not get you what... What no, the A10 Warthog nose wheel offset. Yeah, I, I, I got no, I got it. But uh, I, at first, I got pictures of not airplanes. Uh, look at that! <laughs> <You're> absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, who'd have thunk it? Yeah. Okay. Well, look at this. This absolutely is off center. I never. I love this airplane. I've looked at these airplanes any number of times at air shows, and that never struck me. Um, I never. I never noticed that before. I. Ah. Huh. Okay. Okay. I knew the gun was a big part of the. It's on right. the center line, basically. Right. Now it's offset slightly. Yeah. Okay. Oh, on that aircraft, they basically started with the gun exactly. and said, "Okay, how do we build an airplane around this right, monster?" Right, yeah, exactly. That and the and the big big uh, metal tub that the uh, pilot sits in. Uh, Titan- titanium. Yeah. Um, hang on, I'm saving a link here to something. Let's see here. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And, okay. Uh, well, okay. There we go. So going back to the optic. What was it? Optica. 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 Optica is kind of interesting. I wonder if there's any... I mean, this one, I don't know where it's located. I don't know if it's in the U.S. or, or elsewhere. U.K. manufacturer originally. I, this one's I got... Would, uh, I think that's U.K. registration. I would love to get up close and personal with one of these. That's a pretty cool-looking airplane. Um, uh, I'm curious about what the engine is. Yeah. It's a shame we don't have some way to... I know, huh? Google well, it's that. this video clip doesn't have any information. Yeah, I know. Anyways, well, uh, Jeb, I can tell, is typing right right now. I'm going to move on to one last subject here. I'm going from sort of old airplanes Without to new airplanes. Looking, I'm sure it's a light coming 0540. <laughs> from uh, from uh, I0540. I was wrong. There you go. Okay, good. Uh, Textron flew the Sky Courier. Um, this new development program. This is a. Uh, um, I. So, am I? Is it? Is there any accuracy at all to me to think of this as being a twin-engine caravan? Absolutely accuracy. Okay. Absolutely. Well, um, in, in terms of parts shared, no. no. Yeah, no, no but not in terms, in of, terms of concept, in market, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of size and 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 you know, sort of customer and mission universe and things well, like that. The fuselage is size to hold a standard cargo container. Oh, okay. Really? How do they get it in there? Is there, is there a tail ramp? Airplane, or? They build the airplane around it. <laughs> yeah, okay. There's, there's right. big, big door after the wing on the port side. Yeah, so I don't know if there's anything else to say about this other than just to note that uh, this is an interesting program that uh, um, seems to have some some uh, some inertia behind it. Uh, I, you know. Oh, they've, they've got orders. Oh, yeah, uh, baby yeah. boy, do they have orders. Yeah. Uh, and, is it uh, is it basically the same mission as the as the caravan, or is there some expanded mission for this thing? Who's ordering it? Do you know? What well, it? Uh, I think it's FedEx, uh, who okay placed the big order and then made the caravan a success. Right. FedEx, when Cessna was showcasing that design before they launched the program, FedEx says, "Oh yeah, you build that and make it this size, this range. We'll buy two hundred and fifty of them." Yeah. So and will this thing FedEx carry more? Up buying more? Will this carry more weight than a caravan? I yes. guess that's what you're alluding to, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there with caravans that are like, "This is a great airplane if it was just a little bit bigger and had a second engine." Mm-hmm. And Shazam! All you got to yeah. do is wait another year, year and a half. Okay. Interestingly, Cessna is also developing, or Textron Aviation is also developing its turboprop single uh, with the Cessna name. And it's going to be pressurized at high speed and compete with things like the, the PC-12 and the TBM-9, whatever they are now. Uh, and it's going to be using a brand-new engine. Uh, I uh, had mistakenly been thinking that this uh, Sky Courier was going to run on new engines, but uh, no, they're just good old PT-6s from... Mm-hmm. That would make Rattin sense. Canada. Yeah. The single, on the other hand, is going to be a brand new engine from GE. Ah, okay. All right. Well, cool. I, I think it's a cool looking airplane, mm-hmm. and obviously it's going to be, you know. How long do these programs typically take? I mean, so they flew sort of, I don't know if it was first flight, but it was relatively first flight just nope. now. I, I first can't. flight on Sunday the 17th. Yeah. Okay. And so how long do these programs take? When will this thing be available for delivery? I can't speak to how Textron is doing it or how, more correctly, Cessna now under Textron is doing it um, with with all of the other, uh, you know, with, with the Beechcraft uh, um, inclusion, yada, yada. But back in, well, it wasn't that long ago when Cessna said, you know, hey, we're introducing a new airplane. It'll be certificated in December of, of um, next year or something. And they would pretty much hit it every time. Yeah. So 
I don't know what their projection is for this uh, model, but I suspect they'll come unless they have to modify it for the for the coronavirus. But I suspect they'll come very close. Mm-hmm. Cool. Very cool. Okay. Well, thank you, guys. It's always fun to get together and talk. Uh, Jeb Burnside is a freelance aviation writer and editor, serving as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine, and as a frequent contributor to other aviation publications. Online, you can find Jeb's work at aviationsafetymagazine.com, aea.net, avweb.com, and on Twitter, he's Burnside J, and his magazine is on Twitter as avsafetymag. Dave Higdon's an aviation photographer and aviation journalist and the U.S. editor for London's Ab Buyer magazine. You can find his work online at abbuyer.com and aea.net. On Twitter, he's Real Higdon. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a digital media producer. You can find me online in most of the usual places with the all-one-word username Jack Hodgson. Uh, For example, YouTube, Jack Hodgson, Twitter, Jack Hodgson, Patreon, Jack Hodgson. And you can sign up for my email newsletter at jackhodgson.com. You can support this podcast on Patreon for as little as $1 per month. It really helps. You can learn more about that at patreon.com slash uncontrolledairspace. You can send us email at podcast at uncontrolledairspace.com, and you can check out all the latest UCAP news and all the UCAP show notes at the UCAP homepage. That's uncontrolledairspace.com. And also follow UCAP on Twitter at Class G Airspace. That's the word class, the letter G, and the word airspace all bumped together. David, is there something you wanted to tell us? Yeah. You want to live a long time? Go fly, because time spent flying is not subtracted from our lifespan. And you probably knew that already. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. Hasta la vista. Baby. <laughs>